welcome to this episode of the Code of Honor podcast. My name is Kylie. This is Kyle. And we have a fun episode for you today. So currently, you know, it's Saturday night. We just watched Battle of the Belts. And we had the incredible match between Claudio, the Ring of Honor World Champion, and Takeshita. And my initial thoughts coming out of this match, well, I have a lot of them, if I'm being honest. But Claudio has never looked better as a wrestler. No, I feel like not he, even close. No, he fits seamlessly into the Ring of Honor World Champion spot. Um, this match was incredible. Takeshita, of course, is always a delight to watch. But this match was technical in ways that Claudio hasn't been in a long time. It was athletic. It was energetic. I have, like, no gripes about this match at all. No, I mean, it was fantastic. Um, I've, uh, I've, I've made no bones about the fact that I got to be there live for it uh, last night when it recorded at, uh, at Van Andel Arena. And um, Kyla's given me no shortage of, of flack about it as well. But to be fair, she gets to go to other cool shows that I'm not going to. So I think it evens out. Um, but it was, it was just great stuff all around. Uh, little things throughout the match that weren't so little, like uh, stuff that they came back to later on in the match. Uh, Claudio went for the, the standing sort of surfboard hold with the arms. Uh, he, you know, headbutted the back, uh, used the sharp, the sharpshooter, the scorpion death lock. Uh, you know, these were all little things. And then Takeshita went for the Cinnabomb. Oh no, the giant, impossibly strong 240 pound man beating on my back for the last 15 minutes. And now I can't use my back. I you love know, it. <laughs> just little stuff like that, 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 you know, tells the story and just moves it forward. And, uh, even even William Regal at commentary, uh, getting awfully quiet when Takeshita was putting some of those near falls together late. He he was, in addition to openly wishing for Takeshita and the Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> and what a lame excuse he had. He's like, I would love him in the Blackpool Combat Club, but if he's in the Blackpool Combat Club, then the Blackpool Combat Club can't wrestle Takeshita. Like, where in the rules, like the bylaws of this club, does it say that we, they can't wrestle each other? To be fair, you haven't seen the bylaws or any of the club uh, paraphernalia, so you it might be there. You well, <laughs> well, Yuda, Yuda accepted that challenge from Chris Jericho, where if Yuda won, he'd get an AW interim world title shot. And that would have been against Mox, who's a Blackpool Combat Club member. So clearly, there's a double standard here, and William Regal fears Takeshita. I can't argue that. That's I think my you're on, I think you're on to, I think I think you might be onto something. Let's get a sign. Let's get somebody have a sign. Make it up for uh, for the next time they go to an AE Dub show that Takeshita's on. Listen, so I want to see the sign in the crowd. Regal feels Regal, Regal fears Takeshita, and he does, and he, he'll never admit it. But I'm telling you, it's the truth. Takeshita <laughs> bled with the Blackpool. Yes, hashtag Takeshita <laughs> bled with the Blackpool Combat Club. That earns him his shot by John Moxley's own rules that's how this whole thing started but no you know we want them to wrestle him instead boo boring <laughs> you know he's gonna i want him to join the blackpool combat club and then go back to japan and we can have japan sector of the blackpool combat club it'd be great let's make this a worldwide thing hey you know that could be an interest that could be a really interesting 
uh, inclusion in DDT. So I'm, I'm intrigued. Kenny Omega, uh, if you're watching this, you know what to do. Hey, Omega, hey, Omega declared Takeshita the future of DDT uh, probably six or eight years ago after a match. So I believe it was a tag match with Takeshita and a partner I'm forgetting against, I think it was against the Golden Lovers. And Omega post-match got on the mic and declared Takeshita the future of DDT. So high praise from the man. Listen, I loved this match. I think Claudio is about to go on the run of his career. I think uh, his tenure in AWRH so far has been extraordinary. Yeah, so it, it's it's been great. Uh, it, I haven't seen him look this good and this motivated in the ring in a long, long time. Maybe back to the end of his original ROH tenure when uh, he and Hero as the Kings of Wrestling were on their run as as tag champions. That was about as good as he'd ever looked to this point. But I think now he's really kicked it into another gear and is really finding a career renaissance here. Yeah, and I'm so excited to see what he does. Uh, presumably, he's still going to be Ring of Honor World Champion for a long, for a bit. I don't think there's any challengers, you know, readily available that could take the belt off of him. Um, and I hope that when Ring of Honor TV starts, he's our champion because I think, look, he's the best choice as champion. They definitely made the right call taking the belt off Gresham, as much as people were upset about it. Um, and I hope we get more title defenses like this, just like fun matches. Like we don't need that much of a story. Just give me something fun and let Claudio show off what he can do because it's incredible. What an athlete. And for someone who's, you know, maybe a little bit older on the older side of wrestling, he's doing remarkably. Yeah. And, uh, okay. I got, I got one for you since the news recently broke that he has, uh, he has been signed to a tiered AEW ROH deal. And Claudio being the phenomenal base and working so well with smaller, speedier competitors as he does. Give me Claudio versus Blake Christian. It'd be great. It'd be so good. And you don't even have to do it like you don't even have to build to it. You could just drop that for a rampage and people would be so into it. Yep. That's how exciting this, you know, this time in AW is like you know, there's stories and everything, but like we have so many dream matches that we can make with all these new guys. We have all these new toys and let's really get it going. Give me Claudio versus everyone. Claudio versus the world. Hashtag that. Listen, let's give us like the fall of Claudio, like all fall, all of autumn. I want Claudio to have a different match every week. And I want it to be Claudio versus the world. I want to have a different match every week. And I just want it to be fun. Like so Claudium. it'd be, so it'd be Claudum. Claudum. Hashtag Claudum. So many hashtags <laughs> coming out of the show. We cannot film at night. This is apparently <laughs> this is apparently a different world for us. Hey, you know, it's uh, it's good times. But uh, I made reference to it on Twitter as we were watching uh, the show, uh, and not to reveal too much about how the sausage gets made here. But with the, we had been talking about this as a possibility for this episode, but. Uh, let's write, let's dive right into it because he is now the ROH world champion. He's coming off a fantastic TV title defense and he has a long and impressive history in ring of honor. And let's dive into the history of Claudio Castagnoli in ROH. Let's do it. Uh, I think, you know, we should preface this by saying before Claudio was really 
really got going in our way. She had a long career. He did stuff in Europe. He did, you know, there's Dracara stuff. There, he did some CCW stuff, but like, this is an ROH podcast. So bear with us. <laughs> yes. His, his, his first, his first teaming with hero was, was in CZW before he went, before he went to ROH. Yeah. Uh, he had, he was with hero and, and, uh, Eris in, uh, Chikara starting there about 2003. Uh, he was in Europe from 2000 to 2004. So he definitely had some time in other places, but obviously, like you said, this is an ROH podcast. So let's focus on that. Uh, do you want, did you want to have anything else uh, did, or did you want me to just dive right in? Uh, I know you're itching to talk about Chris Hero in a way that actually makes sense. So I'm going to give you your spotlight. Let's let's get your your Chris Hero praise out of the way. Let's hear it. Oh, we'll get there. Oh, don't you worry. We'll get there. Oh, I, I never <laughs> thought you were going to deprive us of our moment, our Chris Hero moment. Uh, yes, he uh, that I did not count that as his ROH debut. It was technically an ROH sanctioned match with Doug Williams with with Future Shock number one there, but. He made his actual ROH debut on an ROH main card at Fate of an Angel uh, in July of 2005. This was dead in the middle of Summer of Punk. So the focus, of course, was obviously with CM Punk at the top of the card, uh, dealing with all of that. But uh, in the first match on the show, uh, we ran Claudio Castagnoli against a man who would come to be... When you look at Claudio's history in Ring of Honor, there are two names. One is Chris Hero, of course, and the other one is Nigel McGuinness. At Fate of an Angel, uh, Claudio made his debut in a losing effort to Nigel McGuinness. It was a, it was just a solid match. It was, you know, give Claudio a, a little platform to show what he can do, but basically give Nigel an opponent as they're building him up. Because about a month and a half after this, Nigel won the pure title. Yeah. Uh, so, so Nigel wins the pure title and we start building to eventually Nigel versus Claudio for the pure title. That became the feud. Uh, Claudio uh, got a non-title win over Nigel at uh, ROH Enter the Dragon in October of 05. And so that sort of set up, oh, that he's earned a title shot now. That was the way ROH always ran was you beat the champion a non-title action whether it's singles tag whatever you get a shot so nigel or so claudio got a shot uh, at the time nigel was carrying an iron to the ring with him that had the union jack emblazoned on it you i, I think you remember this now you're looking like you remember this now it, it's all coming back to me <laughs> <laughs> and nigel uh the first the first pure defense was actually in in michigan at showdown in motown in november of 05 uh, before you ask, I did not get to go to this one. I do not remember why, but I tried to make it to as many Detroit shows as I could, but I don't remember why I didn't get to that one. Um, and Nigel played a little Eddie Guerrero. He tosses the iron to, to Claudio, plays dead, referee sees it, disqualifies Claudio. Nigel retains the pure title, winning by disqualification. Eventually, Claudio gets a rematch at Final Battle 05. This time, because Nigel has been engaged in a lot of cheating and chicanery and irons and Eddie Guerrero-level nonsense, two referees. 
So first referee is first referee is down. Nigel tries to tries the old Eddie on him again, but the first referee is down. So Claudio just waffles him with the iron, pins him one, two, three, wins the pure title. But you might say, I don't remember Claudio ever winning the pure title. That's because there was the second referee. He saw the whole thing, disqualified Claudio, dusty finish, Nigel retains the title. <laughs> that would never fly in 2022. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> I mean, to their defense, it was 17 years ago. And there's the, the, the thing that was odd about it, though, was that it really felt like uh, we built to uh, best in the world, uh, the first best in the world in 2006, a couple of months after this, where it's Claudio's last shot at the pure title. And the thought was, well, Claudio wins, right? This is his shot. And this is his last opportunity. Nope. Nigel beats him again. Nigel retains the pure title because as it turns out, we had bigger plans for the pure title. And we were going to eventually do the unification match with Nigel and Brian Danielson. And we went in, in that whole direction, but it was a great first chapter to establish Claudio as a major baby face, as an up and coming guy that the, uh, that the ROH audience really wanted to get behind. And it really accomplished that well, even without putting the belt on him in the end. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No. You looked uh, like you were going to say something. No. Um, when this was all happening, of course, I was a lot younger than Kyle. But my memories of Claudio um, and sort of this whole run, I always felt like Claudio, you know, up until the Kings of Wrestling era, probably. I always felt like he was a guy who was constantly just like climbing up the hill, but like it always just got away from him. And, you know, maybe that's the story of his career up until this point, but even then, like what 17 years ago, Claudio was freakishly athletic. And I think maybe it's like his natural genes and like, he's just a natural at wrestling. But I, you know, I remember really believing that Claudio was going to win and Claudio, you know, there's like no one who could ever realistically beat Claudio cleanly. And I guess, I guess I was right, but he was just such a, um, he just really drew in the viewer just because he's so good at wrestling. And even if you didn't know a whole lot about wrestling, or maybe you weren't like a wrestling purist, like a lot of the guys who watched Ring of Honor at this time were, I think Claudio had something for everyone, but of course he did. He went on to do better things than, you know, the pure title with Nigel McGuinness, because, you know, as Kyle pointed out, we got the infamous Kings of wrestling. And in this run, in this initial run, before he really got into the pure title program with Nigel, there's one match in particular that I want to point out that really flies under the radar. And it's on a show that honestly really flies under the radar. And that was at uh, This Means War in October of 2005. Um, he, he went to a 20-minute time limit draw with Alex Shelley in what was an excellent match. And the card and the card as a whole also has a really good uh, AJ Styles versus Austin Aries match, uh, and an excellent Brian Danielson title defense against Robert Strong. So uh, go to mm -hmm. Honor Club if you can find it there. I haven't checked recently to see to make sure that it's there. I have the DVD, so I can just pop that in. But go check out This Means War. Really good show, top to bottom, and uh, and it's got an underrated banger of a Claudio match against Alex Shelley. 
And yes, Jay Lethal versus Curry Man, who, contrary to spurious rumors, is not, in fact, Christopher Daniels. I don't know where this stuff starts, but it's just awful. The, the kind of misinformation that spreads out there. It's so, <laughs> so we've built up Claudio as, uh, as a guy to get behind. Uh, shortly after... Uh, Best in the World 06. We're in this. We're in what's called the Spotlight Series. ROH is sort of in a bit in uh, doing big things right now. They're growing. Uh, Brian Danielson is having a great run as champion, uh, despite the CZW feud going on in the background. Uh, cut to the hundredth show in Philadelphia in April of 06. Claudio opens the show in a match with Christopher Daniels. Daniels gets the win as he's building to a pure title match against Nigel but decides that since we're in the milestone series right now, that Claudio's or that uh, Daniels is going to make a milestone of his own and shakes hands for the first time in ring of honor and means it and chooses Claudio to be the guy to earn that honor, proclaiming him the future of ROH. I remember this. It's, you know, we're getting back into, into my time when I remember things. Um, but I also remember a lot of the CZW stuff because, and maybe it wasn't the best at the time, but I do like, if, if you're an older wrestling fan and you, maybe, you know, about CZW at ring of honor, um, they did a lot of crazy stuff and Claudio was a part yes. of that. So shout out yeah. to him, shout out for Claudio for being, you know, team CZW. <laughs> yeah. Because, because if you've heard a story before, you know where this is going. Claudio has pro been proclaimed the future of ROH Later that night, the main event, a six-man tag, no DQ, Samoa Joe, Adam Pearce, and BJ Whitmer against Chris Hero, Super Dragon, and Necro Butcher. John Zandig runs in for CZW. Claudio comes out to even the odds. And earned everything is awful. The Kings of Wrestling reunite for the first time in ROH. Hit Joe with the KRS-One. Here we go. The CZW feud really kicks up in earnest. Yeah, and, and the I'm, Kings of Wrestling are reunited for the first time in a couple of years, I believe. When this happened, Kyle, I really need to know how you reacted. It was, it wasn't too shocking because you knew that Claudio had a history with Chris Hero, but. So no, no, in that sense, it wasn't super shocking, but it was done so well that you still kind of hated Claudio for it, even if you kind of saw it coming. Like, they've done so much for you. How could you do that? He's a, he's a dastardly little snake, a snake in the grass. We've said it before on this podcast. Claudio cannot be trusted. That's the story of his career. That's the story that Eddie Kingston would tell. That's the story I would tell. You're telling me you disagree? <laughs> I didn't say that, did I? I? But hey, even Eddie appears to have buried the hatchet at this point. So we'll see if that lasts. <laughs> he did. Eddie came Eddie came out and Eddie came out uh last night in Grand Rapids actually and said something to the effect of Mox says I gotta get along with this guy, so I guess good for him. And listen, not to go off on a tangent, but that's how we get Mox versus Eddie. We Claudio turns on Eddie and Eddie blames Mox. There we go. Eddie world champ. I'm on my Eddie world champ agenda. <laughs> you have a lot of agendas. I do. I'm just very opinionated. 
Hey, I'm all for it. Makes for good content. Um, the CZ Dub feud keeps rolling. Um, the the Kings of Wrestling officially team for the first time in an ROH sanctioned match at How We Roll on on May 12th of 06. Also important because that features the ROH debut of Christian Cage, who popped in for a couple of shows before uh, showing up in uh, TNA. Shout out Christian Cage. <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to loop in all sorts of people here. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, of course, the CCW feud comes to an end at Death Before Dishonor 4, uh, Cage of Death, Homicide comes back, um, Huge Pop wins the war for, for ROH, uh, sends the CCW contingent packing. But over the next couple of months, Hero in particular keeps coming back. He keeps showing up. He shows up at Unified in the UK. He shows up at a couple of other shows. Claudio is still showing up here and there. And eventually we get the Kings of Wrestling getting a tag title shot, which if you're ROH seems very ill-advised, but you know, that's uh, here we go. They get a <laughs> shot against uh, Austin Aries and Roderick Strong at uh, Glory by Honor 5. The Kings win the tag titles. And that's basically their ticket in. And from pretty much from this point on, Hero and Claudio are more or less contracted members of the ROH roster. This is their, this is their ticket. And even after they lose the titles, they're contracted now, so it's, it, it's good to go. So no more outsider at this point. They're now part of the establishment. Uh, the reign doesn't last more than about a couple of months, however, because this was the, fir um, because this was the first time WWE came calling. And I can, I'm going to pitch it to you a little bit to talk about some of your memories of, of this period, the first tag title reign. So I was not like Kyle. I wasn't a big Chris Hero fan. I was a big Claudio fan because I, I always felt like Claudio, like, I don't know. He was just so entertaining. And Chris Hero, maybe it was, maybe it was because of the CZW war. I don't know. But I always despised this man. I was always like, he's going to come out here and he's going to do something that's going to make me so mad. And he always did. Like, just him being there it was always, it was just so, but listen, the Kings of Wrestling, if you talk about, like, the context of Ring of Honor, like, the whole lifespan of the promotion, I think you, they're definitely top five tag teams in Ring of Honor, if not, you know, top three, just because, you know, if you look at the quality of matches they put on, um, both as a tag team and, you know, their singles matches, I think they're both incredible talents, and I think you can't really argue I mean, you probably could, but you really can't. You, that the Kings of Wrestling has like a legendary mystique to them, uh, and that's, a, that's probably why when Claudio, you know, left WWE, people were really clamoring for it. And by people, I mean Kyle, uh, a Kings of <laughs> Kings of Wrestling reunion. Um, but yeah, at the time when I was watching this, of course, keep in mind I was a child. I did not like them. I was I hated them. I just couldn't get the bad taste out of my mouth. And it's probably because I knew Claudio was a snake. <laughs> and I couldn't it couldn't do anything to do with your irrational hatred of Chris Hero, right? I, I It's not <laughs> irrational. <laughs> it's not. Oh, I'm, I'm 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 really glad that you know that I'm teasing you because otherwise that would sound really bad. <laughs> People watching this are like, "Wow, Kyle's really mean." <laughs> Oh, you, you can you can do this to your friends. It's fun. Um, 
but no, this feud was this this title reign was not particularly long because of the fact that Claudio, uh, it appeared was signed, sealed, delivered, was headed to WWE. Uh, if memory serves, I think it was a failed physical or some sort of something in their medicals or something that was wonky that kept them from wanting to proceed with the deal. And at uh, at Final Battle 06, after the Kings beat, uh, uh, lost to the Briscoes at, at Final Battle that year, uh, Hero turns on Claudio, goes throws in with throws in with Larry Sweeney and Sweet and Sour Incorporated, and Claudio is now left for the first time in a while to navigate the world as a single star again. And well, while I don't necessarily like Chris Hero, like I think I'm just fine and hating him, I will admit Claudio being a single star again is the reason why we got, you know, a series of Kenny Omega versus Claudio Castagnoli matches in Ring of Honor. So, like, I have to appreciate him for getting Kenny Omega really They're still one and one. They're still one and one. We need that rubber match. Tony, if you're listening, and I know you're listening give it to us because um Kenny Omega at this time and it's kind of difficult to like rationalize it but Kenny Omega at this time was not the Kenny Omega we know and Claudio was definitely way more established especially in Ring of Honor so and their matches were were good like they weren't extraordinary like we expect from Kenny Omega now but if if there's anything redeeming about Chris Hero it's that he turned on Claudio so we could get that because that's how we got Kenny Omega <laughs> I mean it's it's often used as an excuse by a lot of people to forgive you know really awful stuff. But to his defense, Hero was trying to be a heel. He was trying, trying to, to meta- get you to. You're trying to meta I, meta story tell this right now. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just trying to figure out why you didn't like him, and I think it was I think it I. I I can't say, of course, but it's like he was trying to be an obnoxious jerk. That was the whole point. And well, he did a good job. And when and when and when, and when he got into Sweet and Sour Incorporated, it he turned it up to eleven on the obnoxious, athletic jerk stuff, and it was. I mean, I thought it was hilarious, but that's just me. But let's talk about Claudio. Claudio is now a singles guy. In July of two thousand and seven. Claudio win- earns his first Ring of Honor World title match by winning the Race to the Top tournament. Claudio wins a 16-man tournament over two, day- over two days uh, in the process, defeating Hella Wicked, Jack Evans, Mike Quackenbush, and El Generico in the finals. Good stuff in this tournament, by the way. It really was. Uh, both, both nights of the tournament are well worth checking out. It was a, it was a quality show from top to bottom. Um, and this earned him his first ROH world title match against Takeshi Morishima. And this was fantastic. Claudio and Morishima tore the house down at death before dishonor five. Uh, and this will, and this will have been 15 years ago, uh, as of, uh, Wednesday, August 10th, 2007. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, because I remember watching it when it happened and being in, and being in college. Actually, no, wait, 
not quite college, but yes, I, I remember being there for that. Yes, you should absolutely put a clip on our Twitter. Schedule it. You can schedule tweets. And yes, do something for Wednesday for that. <laughs> That's crazy to me. Claudio and, and, got, to think, and to think that it's 2022 and he just won the world title. Claudio got Morishima up in the Ricola bomb. It was a amazing visual. It was one of the closest two counts you will ever see. But Morishima was able to shrug it off, uh, hit the backdrop driver, retain the title, uh, then went on to defend against uh, Brent Albright, who I know our producer is also a big fan of. He's going to put pop something up on the screen about Brent Albright here momentarily, I'm sure. 100%. And, uh, and uh, then that led us to Caged Rage two weeks after Claudio's original shot, where Morishima defended an in, in an elimination match against Claudio and Albright. Claudio eliminated Albright with <laughs> Claudio eliminated Albright first and uh, then went in to, uh, to challenge Morishima again. And once again, Morishima had to pull out a few different things to put Claudio away, including a second rope double stomp from a guy the size of Morishima. But eventually hit the backdrop driver, pinned Claudio, came up short. But Wow. Those two matches were just top, top notch. And Claudio come, but Claudio comes up short. And like you talked about earlier, that's kind of, that was kind of the story of his early career. Claudio is, he's, he's almost there, but can't quite do it. And in keeping with what I said earlier about the two names that define Claudio's career, Chris Hero and Nigel McGinnis, Chris Hero isn't really in the picture much anymore, but not quite a month and a half after, after, uh, Caged Rage when he lost his second shot to Morishima, who was the guy to finally unseat Morishima? It was Nigel. Nigel McGuinness. Poor Claudio. You know, and then uh, this was something that that was uh, was a a rough time because it felt like Nigel's, I mean, it was Nigel's time, but man, Claudio was so close. And it just, he, he could have been the guy. And I think he would have had a heck of a reign. That uh, that Morishima match really got the people behind him in a way that he hadn't seen before. And I, could it have worked? Probably. But Nigel was probably the guy. You know, it's hard to say, though. Yeah, it was... And Nigel's... And listen, maybe this sounds like I'm just hating on Ring of Honor. But I was never, like, a major, major Nigel McGuinness fan. Like, I liked him. I liked his matches. But at this time in Ring of Honor, I just felt like there were so many people who maybe could have fit that spot a little bit better than Nigel McGuinness, um, Claudio being one of them. But, you know, I will admit we did get some incredible matches out of it. And maybe it was for the best for Claudio as much as... I mean, he did, you know, he went on to do some cool stuff. He wrestled uh, Brian Danielson in that no DQ match. That was really good. He wrestled McGinnis. That was really good. But I don't know. Claudio would get three more shots at the ROH world title against Nigel McGinnis. Uh, He came up short in all three at a new level in May of 08. At New Horizons in Detroit in July of 08, I was at that one. And it was fantastic. Uh that one also featured a really good uh, Brian Danielson versus Tyler Black match, as I recall. 
I remember that. <laughs> that was that was fun. That was I, I greatly enjoyed being there for that too. Um, Subtle and, brag, uh, a humble brag. I I am not be I am not beyond it. <laughs> and the the last one came at Death Before Dishonor six. Claudio, you'll notice, and that's something that I loved about the idea of him beating Gresham at Death Before Dishonor. Because you've seen three years in a row now. Well, he came up short at Death Before Dishonor 4 in the Cage of Death. He came up short at Death Before Dishonor 5 against Morishima. He came up short at Death Before Dishonor 6 in a four-way against Nigel, Danielson, and Tyler Black. Like, he had come, come up short at Death Before Dishonor time after time after time. And for this to be the event where he finally breaks through, there's some kind of great full circle moment there that is worth celebrating. It's the symbolism of it. <laughs> but the the match at Death Before Dishonor is also relevant because it it marked a return to heeldom for Claudio. As after he is, the four-way was an elimination match. After he is eliminated by Brian Danielson, first, might I add, Claudio snaps and beats the ever-loving daylights out of Brian Danielson. Danielson is then easy pickings for Nigel, and we get in, then we get to the Tyler Black Nigel McGinnis uh, feud, and it goes from there. But um, and Claudio, and this is a part that I'd almost forgotten. Claudio throw Claudio throws in with the embassy. I had almost forgotten that that was a thing in his career. Think back. Do you remember it in the RHD net days now? Yeah. Like, they, you know, wow. They really did a lot to hide that, didn't they? They really <laughs> did. I mean, I mean, they're teaming in with Ernie Osiris on a frequent basis and that, that and your, your brain goes to sleep. When, and, but <laughs> Jeez. No, that was a little harsh. No, it, it was, it was something that uh, Osiris was promoted, was was always positioned as the joke of the embassy right from the get-go where, you know, Nana brought him in as this like dirty, smelly, homeless man and just like did everything they could to denigrate him at every available, available opportunity. And then they're, and then they're shocked when neither he nor the guy they're teaming with him becomes relevant or popular. Who could have possibly seen that coming? I think but, you have a lot, I think you have a lot of hidden resentment about this. Uh, Maybe write an editorial. <laughs> oh, I don't think there's enough there. I, I I'm sure I'm sure there's something else better that I can use that use for my time on that. Um, that didn't last super long. Um, this was uh, maybe a year, give or take, and through the early HDNet era, um, nothing of particular relevance. He teamed with Jimmy Rave a few times. He teamed with Ernie Osiris a lot. He had a few singles matches here and there. I think he, I think he unsuccessfully challenged for the TV title during this span, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but then we go back to what works. Final battle, 2009. The Briscoes have just won the tag team titles. And here comes Claudio. The Kings of Wrestling are back. Here we go. <laughs> I get to be excited again because the kings the kings reign supreme again. Uh, 
you did you have any did, did you have did you have any memories before we go on though about Claudio and the embassy about uh this reunion with Hero anything else of that the the reunion yes and like this run they go on and especially a lot of the stuff they do maybe later before he went to WWE um a lot of stuff Claudio was doing but the, the embassy stuff I like totally forgot that happened like my mind glitched and you said it and I was like Maybe I need to look this up. Like, did this actually happen? But no. What it happened. <sighs> it happened. I hope we keep them apart. Just <laughs> keep the, keep that out of Claudio's history because Kings of Wrestling should be his Ring of Honor, like the title of his Ring of Honor autobiography. And it was. Um, I didn't. I didn't mention this earlier because I was trying trying to be somewhat chronological, but. Uh, the Kings would then go on to beat the Briscoes at the Big Bang in April of 2010 and would go on a 363-day reign as Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, a record that still stands today as the longest single reign as ROH World Tag Champs. I didn't know that. Shout out Kings of Wrestling. <laughs> so, the Kings were on a tear at this point. They had successful defenses against... The American Wolves, the Briscoes, the Motor City Machine Guns, Kevin Steen and Steve Carino, Colt Cabana and El Generico. Like you could just keep going. Like they they were tearing it up during this run. And like that's why I said earlier, that to this point, up until leaving now out of the discussion, that was probably as good as Claudio ever looked, was during that run. They had Hagedorn. They had Shane Hagedorn as their manager. They were doing great things. Chris Hero was working the young knockout kid gimmick. Uh, they were on. A, they were taking down all comers for the tag titles. Um, and that's really kind of where we kind of start to wrap things up. Uh, they would lose the titles to Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin at uh, Honor Takes Center Stage Night One in Atlanta on April 1st of 2011, just two days shy of a full year as World Tag Team Champions. And uh, and their last match in ROH, his last match in ROH until, uh, until coming back for Death Before Dishonor was at the first Sinclair show, the first Sinclair taping on August 13th of 2011. In September, yeah. um, and, and in September of that year, Claudio would sign with WWE and for the next uh, for the next 11 years Claudio Castagnoli was essentially gone. It's Some crazy guy named Cesaro was in his place. It's crazy to think that he was there for 11 years. Like looking back on the stuff like, you know, Kings of Wrestling versus, you know, World's Greatest Tag Team Haas and Benjamin and like uh, Latin American Exchange and like everyone they wrestled like that feels so recent to me and like looking at them, you know, we just watched um, battle of the belts, his match with Takeshita, like he feels the same as yep. he did, you know, 11 years ago during that Kings of wrestling run. It's just absurd to me. This whole 11 years when he was in WWE feels like a fever dream. Like it never happened. Like he just time traveled. Yeah. Like outside of, you know, outside of a little stubble and maybe uh, so some, some grays in the stubble, there's not much that would be different. You could have plucked Claudio Castagnoli 2009 and dropped him today. And 
it would look it would look and feel very much the same. Oh, Claudio, if you're listening, come on our show. I, I have so many questions for you. <laughs> and none Never of them are about that. Chris Hero. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whether you like it or not, Hero would be mentioned as a trainer, as a tag partner, as yeah. the two men's careers are inextricably linked. Whether yeah, you like it or not. If if there's if well if there's no kings of wrestling, I feel like first of all, I feel like Ring of Honor wouldn't have been as as successful from 2009 to 2011 as it was because wrestling fans loved Kings Wrestling. And two, I don't think Claudia would have made it to WWE. So yeah, this the second run was was such a big deal for the Kings because the first one kind of got aborted because of the the signing with WWE rumors. And by that point, they'd already kind of made separate plans for hero. And so we just kind of rolled with it. Uh, the only big real missed opportunity there was that you never really ran a Claudio versus hero one-on-one -on -one program. Even when it was clear that Claudio wasn't going anywhere, you know, you didn't do that for any of 2007. And to this day, there's still really not a good reason why, but you know they 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 did it in they did it in Chikara, so they've done it in before they've done it in other places. So I know that they have it in them, but didn't happen. It is what it is. We got the second kings. We got the second kings run. Outside of them, I don't know that you could have found a team that would have worked for that kind of dominant run like they did. I mean, you had a you had no shortage of quality tag teams at that point. Let yeah. me be clear. You had the Wolves. You had the Machine Guns. You had Haas and Benjamin came in towards the end, but they were there. You, you always had the Briscoes. You know, there there was talent there, but the Kings were 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 so good and were such heat magnets, and especially yeah. pairing with Hagedorn, that I don't know you could have found anybody to do it as well as they did, especially not for as long as they did. Yeah, and I also feel like, you know, physically, like both in their appearance and in the way they, they both wrestled, they're, you know, they're physically imposing, they're intimidating, like they feel like they're kings of wrestling. And to Ring of Honor's credit, they really did capitalize on that with this run, and they had them go through everyone. And, uh, you know, like you said, there's a lot of great tag teams, but there's no one who had that same, the same energy just looking at them standing there and looking at them wrestling as Kings of wrestling did at this time. So they like, you could have plugged in another great tag team. Cause there was a lot of great foundational tag teams in ring of Honor at the time, like the Briscoes, like all these guys, but it's just about how the fans perceived the wrestlers at this time. And there's no one like the Kings of wrestling. Yep. hundred percent. And that kind of brings us to the current. Uh, Claudio knocked off Jonathan Gresham at Death Before Dishonor. We've talked at length about that, about the positives and the negatives there, and all that went into that. You can watch that in one of the past episodes in the archives in our playlist here. And here, here we go. Uh, Claudio is world champion now, and let's see who steps up and who's on the horizon. I Because at this point, Outside of a couple of names, we still don't have a lot of names for a male roster. I got to assume at some point with the embassy being a thing that Brian Cage is probably going to be a challenger in the near future and should be fun. I like Claudio against smaller, more athletic guys. I think he works better there, but 
we've seen him in in straight up hoss fights and he does well with it yeah um you know we saw uh, josh woods team with tony niece uh, with smart mark sterling as their manager um i th- i think that they're both probably going to be ring of honor bound those two so you know josh woods versus claudio would be great tony niece tony niece would be great tony niece would be great either one of those two um so you can do them versus, you know, Blackpool Combat Club because we still haven't capitalized on that Blackpool Combat Club FTR thing that happened at the end, the end of Death for Dishonor. We've heard nothing about that. So, listen, there's a lot of ways that they can go with it. And, you know, Claudio's versatile enough to – he could wrestle anyone and get a good match out of them. He wrestled Jake Hager and got a good match out of him. Um well, we are but, getting FTR. We are get we are getting FTR coming back on Wednesday, so maybe we'll yeah. hear something then. Maybe and may, maybe people watching this like on Thursday are like, "What are they talking about?" FTR literally just said that they hate Claudio. But listen, I I still I'm still on my Claudio is a snake in the grass agenda, and I'm gonna carry that because I I know for a fact within six months from today we're gonna get Claudio beating the absolute snot out of Wheeler Yuta. I'm calling it. <laughs> you know, as as much fun as that would be and as much cool thing as many cool things as that opens. And it and make no mistake, it does. It opens a lot of really fun paths to go down. I kind of don't want him to ever turn heel again. Just so just so I can hear you five years from now, it's gonna happen any day now Claudio's gonna turn. No, but if if it, if he doesn't, I'm literally going to go to a meet and greet, and I'm going to tell him that he has to turn heel. Like I, I'll I'll be the little gnat, like flying around his face. I'll make it happen. Kylie's going to be the devil on his shoulder. It's going to be great. Watch out, Claudio. <laughs> well, oh my goodness! But well, this was this was a lot of fun. So we, I know we went. Uh, we only scratched the surface, of course. I mean, there's so much you could talk about here. You, I mean, you've got such a multi-layered career over so many years. But I feel like if anybody is new to Claudio or is only knows him from his WWE work, I feel like we gave a lot of good shows, a lot of good options, a lot of good matches to check out for somebody. So, yeah, I think I think this was a this was a lot of fun. I'm glad we got a chance to do it. Yeah. I'm super glad we got a chance to do it too, um, especially right after the Takeshita match. I'm really feeling it. But do your plugs. Where can the people find you? I am available at Kyle K Sparks on the Twitters. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and yes, I totally used the old person pronunciation because I thought it was funny in the moment. Anyway, um, find me at Kyle K Sparks on Twitter. Uh, follow the show at Code of Honor Cast also on Twitter. Uh, I'm usually there. Uh, I'll usually be tweeting out anything fun from uh, anything that ROH, anything ROH relevant, factoid stats, matches on the States. We have a lot of fun stuff on the Code of Honor cast Twitter. Uh, on my own personal Twitter, I'm usually sending out uh, live tweeting Ryan Page and Dynamite. I live tweeted Battle of the Belts. I was tweeting while I was there at the taping in terms of also stuff from uh, the dark taping and all that. Um, and really anything else that I'm working on right now is, uh, is going to be on there. Uh, we just announced a couple of weeks ago that I'm going to be joining, uh, your project and, uh, I'm part of the team at, at romanticize wrestling. And you can, you can learn more about that with Kylie here in a bit. And I'm super excited for that as well. And you can catch me every Monday here at the code of honor cast. 
And you can follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. I post everything I'm doing there. Um, like Kyle said, you can follow at Code of Honor Cast. You can follow at Romantic Wrestle, which is Romanticized Wrestling. Um, Haley and I, who's our other team member, we just filmed an episode about the story of the Hung Bucks. That's coming out Wednesday at 6, so before Dynamite. So you have plenty of time to watch it, just saying. Um, Kyle and I have some interesting projects coming up for that. So at, follow at Romantic Wrestle for all your news about that. You can also see me every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Fightful Overbooked for Tag Talk. We had a killer episode this week. Um, so go check that out on Fightful Overbooked. And anything else I'm doing, I'll post on my Twitter. Yeah, I read Haley's article about, you know, Hangman out of page because that is the vibe of romanticized wrestling. So said that going forward. Uh, follow Body Slam Net on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, all the things. Uh, go read peop- everything we're writing on Bodyslam.net. Um, go watch everything on Bodyslam.net YouTube. Uh, support us on Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, all, all the all the plugs, all the socials. You know, subscribe to Bodyslam.net YouTube. Like this video, comment, all the things. And I think I covered everything. So we'll see you next week. That's Bye. good.